0: Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics. It's Wednesday, June 21st. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. We're just a few days away from the House of Commons summer break with no clear steps in place to deal with foreign interference.
1: We don't want this to be just a a PR exercise. We actually want a public inquiry. So I think the first step, is the government's got to be honest about where they stand. Do they want to, dec- to actually commit to having a public inquiry? Yeah, they should commit to it then.
0: Marco Mendicino says the buck stops with his office when it comes to the Paul Bernardo prison transfer. But that doesn't mean he'll resign.
1: I think it's always important uh, in this job to demonstrate responsibility. For me, what that means is identifying where the challenges are, are around information flow and improving that. And I would just say right now, like, my principal focus is the job.
0: And why are the Liberals smiling? over the by-election results.
1: So he's uh, just continuing his attacks to try and distract from the underwhelming election results he got last night.
0: Joining us is Joël Denis Belavance, Ottawa Bureau Chief for La Presse. Good morning, Joël Denis. Good morning, Julie. So, okay, look, I mean, we've had these topics floating around for a while, but we're getting to the end of the week and the House is going to recess. So one of the big topics that's supposed to be concluded mm. is what happens with the whole idea of foreign interference and a public inquiry. I have not heard those words come out of the prime minister's mouth. Like, what is he doing? He he kind of blah-blahs around the edges, but what's, he, what's, what's happening here?
1: Well, I think the main conclusion, and you're right in saying that Mr. Trudeau did not utter those words. Uh, I think he's still uh, assessing his options. Um, what would be the best uh, option for the Liberal government, and not maybe not the, the whole country, uh, because this um, issue is a big mess for the Liberal Party and the Liberal government. Um, and the opposition parties have been pressing the government to make an announcement by the end of this week, by the end of the session, and the session, as you know, is, will end this week, Friday, at the, at the latest and um some opposition parties even came up with some names uh, like the Bloc Quebecois suggested Louis Arbeau could lead that inquiry um and Pierre Poliev sent a letter uh, this week uh to the uh, intergovernmental intergovernmental affairs minister Dominique Leblanc um telling him that he is ready to propose some names but the prime minister has to commit beforehand to a public inquiry so it's it's the eggs uh, and, and 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 the chicken. And, you know, who's going to come back
0: first? <laughs> Looks like there's a lot of chickens running around, but no one's laying an egg yet. <laughs> yeah,
1: yes, where's the golden egg that yeah. the opposition parties are demanding? Um, and and my sense is that the um, I'm, I'm, I'm I i do not expect an announcement this week because the lead minister Minister Dominique Leblanc is out of Ottawa. He's in the West uh, right now. With uh, Daniel Smith
0: got, trying to figure out what to do there, yeah.
1: That was the first stop, and the second stop, he is meeting his uh, um, provincial counterparts to discuss infrastructure. So because he's in, in, in charge of that as well. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's exactly. in Whistler. So he's not going to come back uh, Friday at five o'clock p.m. and make an announcement. I hope not, because that's going not going to go for fly well with us, but also with the opposite <laughs> parties. <laughs> 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 We're about to have a holiday in Quebec yeah. on Saturday, the uh, Saint Jean baptiste Day, so. That would not be a good move. But my sense is that it's going to come later if it comes. But the government has been cornering the issue for the last few weeks. And the only way out, in my sense, still remains the announcement of a public inquiry, an independent public inquiry, as the opposition parties have been demanding. So when is the government going to play its next uh, card? That remains a mystery um, to us in Ottawa and to opposition parties as well. Yeah. But, uh, and and th- we've seen those some discussions among opposition parties to try to come up with a common front. It's been hard in coming, I would say. Yeah. Uh, the discussions is not been uh, going as fast as it should be if the, the opposition right. wants an announcement this week. So it remains a bit murky as to where this file uh, will go by the end of this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it looks like he's totally ragging the puck, the Prime Minister. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, honest to God,
0: all he has to do is keep looking at his watch, saying, okay, I've only got two more days here. I'll just uh, dodge the media, dodge everybody. Although he hasn't been dodging the media, but he's been talking about other other things yep. as well like in terms of the the helicopter crash and petawawa and so
1: on he has forest like he's, fires in Canada yeah yeah there's well, lots so. to
0: talk about and, yep. and you know you say what about the public inquiry and he goes la and la 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 la." i didn't hear you
1: exactly and that tells me that the liberals are convinced that this is an ottawa issue and not yeah. an issue that is grappling public interest across the country but right they may be wrong on that case eventually because uh I'm sure when an election comes around the corner, if the Liberals did not make any progress in protecting our democracy, they may pay a full price a price at the polls. But that remains to be seen. But in yeah. my sense, Liberal strategists feel that this is an Ottawa bubbles file right. and it does not spread over the rest of the country.
0: Yeah, like you say, it, it could come back to bite them if there's yep. more big stories that appear.
1: But, uh, <laughs> but
0: you know, if people are on the beach or, or doing a barbecue, <laughs> they may not care about those stories. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, but
1: but I've been on a watching alert for that announcement of a public yeah. inquiry, and I've told my colleagues in the Ottawa Bureau of La Paz to be watching for that. And hoping that it's not going to come on the Friday at uh, late afternoon. Yeah, when you've while got your outside. picnic
0: basket packed
1: <laughs> exactly. And you're heading out
0: of town. Okay, well, let's <clears throat> go on to Marco Mendicino because uh, he hasn't been dodging people either. He he gave a scrum yesterday and he basically talked about the whole Bernardo thing. And he said, the you know, the buck stops here, but it stops right here. Like, like it's, yeah. it's not like... The old days when, when you say the buck stop here and you take responsibility for things and you say, Okay, I'm falling on my sword here. He's not falling on his sword,
1: no. Um, and, and that's, uh, I think, a critical element to a story that will probably lead us to a cabinet shuffle this summer. Um, Mr. Mendicino is, uh, is trying to convince us that he's taken the necessary measure to correct uh, the. Uh, uh, th- th- what went wrong in his office. Well, what went wrong is the lack of communications between himself and uh, the employees uh, uh, in his office. And that should never happen. And uh, and, and then to me, this is errors made by a government that is uh, starting a new mandate, a new government that, that is trying to get uh, used to governing the country. This government has been in office for eight years. This is unexplicable, uh, that kind of mistakes. The lack of communications between staff and ministers, emails that are not read by ministers. We've got the Mendocino you know, case, but th- there have been other ministers who uh, can plead guilty to that offense as well, um, namely Arjit Sajjan, who said yeah. he did not read an email uh, from a senator who was distributing unauthorized documents to Afghan uh, refugees in 2021. He was too busy doing something else, trying to plan the evacuation of those very refugees, but it did put him in a very bad spot. Same thing with um, um, Minister Bill Blair, when he was the public security minister. He claims that he never saw the um, the uh, uh, CSIS memo right. telling him or, or explaining what was happening to, Mar- uh, to Michael Chung, the Conservative right. uh, MP in 2021 as well, so... There is a pattern of miscommunications in that government, mistakes that are usually attributed to a, a government that is in the early stage of its mandate, not a government that is, uh, has been in power for they eight should, years. They should
0: have a, like a new position, just hire people to yeah. read emails. Just sit
1: yeah, there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hear my... your emails today. Just read <laughs> yeah. them out loud to them, right?
1: <laughs> it, or it, could that be uh, the, the fault of uh, too many staff leaving the office at the, sa- at the same time and being yeah. replaced by people who did not, are just starting that's not an excuse a government yeah. should be functioning 24 hours a day yeah. properly 24 hours a day 7 days a week very yeah. 365 days a year so um those excuses do not fly
0: yeah so uh, M- mendicino said yesterday he was going you know he's he's you know he's had challenges around information flow and he's improving that but anyway so i mean i don't think we're going to see him going anywhere in the next two days uh, but he may find that he's got a new job over the summer like if there is that shuffle that's the whole thing because yep. you know the poor guy there's a big x on his head he's the guy that everyone says yeah. gonna get, get turf somewhere
1: and and Julie I've been told by some colleagues and Mr. Mendicino that his name has been on the radar in the PMO since March right the PMO yeah. has been worried about his performance since March so right. That thinking has been only growing since then because Mr. Mendicino made some mistakes that are, uh, you know, uh, could be fatal for his uh, um, career as public security minister. He maybe she fall out to another department, but I don't think he will remain at the helm of the security, uh, public security department. Uh, in, yeah,
0: in, <laughs> in the, in yeah, the that's, that's. I mean, just the whole handling of the gun file. What a fiasco, right? Uh, yeah. So, anyway, okay, so you know, yesterday. I was speaking to our colleague Susan Delacourt a little bit about the by election results, but since then, there's been a lot of pollsters and analysts all over the data uh, and, and including even past uh, campaign managers like Fred Delory. And um, you know, what, what did we notice yesterday in the house commons is the prime minister was like gloating about these results. He called uh, the conservative performance disastrous The Liberals are smiling. What's going on?
1: Well, it's a government, as I said, that's been in power for eight years. Usually, by-elections are a favorite time for voters to punish governments or send a message. Well, what was the message sent by voters in those four by-elections on Monday night? Well, status quo is very satisfying, it seems to be. And so the sort of uh, um, progress that the Conservative Party needs to make in attracting new voters to be able to win more seats is not there. It's not apparent. It's not the radar. Even in uh, long uh, time-held seats like Oxford in Ontario, uh, you know, there was a race. That was the only race happening among the four uh, by-elections, a close race. The Liberals came, you know, very, there's still a margin of 3,000 votes. It's still uh, enough to secure uh, the mandate. But it, it was closer than expected. And I'm told that um, Jenny Byrne, uh, the uh, advisor to Pierre Poliev, told many MPs and staffers to go uh, to that riding and help the candidate that was parachuted in that riding so that he can win uh, 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 that by-election. So there was some nervousness uh, among Tory ranks about uh, that by-election in Oxford, and they should have won that one easily because that's been the case for the last 20 25 years. Sure. sure. Um and w- in the other uh, point that is interesting is that Winnipeg uh, South Centre yeah. was won handily by the Liberals by uh, over a margin of the uh, Liberal candidate Ben Carr, 55%. Right. This is the kind of riding where the Tories need to make inroads to be able to win power in the next elections. Well, they're not absolutely absolutely not in the game of winning that kind of ridings, And that raises a lot of questions about the possibility of Pierre Poiliev leading uh, uh, the Conservative Party to a victory in the next federal elections. Um, Because without those kind of ridings like Winnipeg South Centre, it's critical to a victory to the Tories, they, uh, they will hit a wall in the next election. So th- that's the reason why Mr. Trudeau was gloating. And he was not alone. Uh, many uh, cabinet ministers were saying, look how well we did on Monday night, including Randy Bosano, the yes. associate yes. finance yes. minister. Yeah. Um, and, and praising uh, the kind of uh, policies that the Liberals have been put in place was winning approval uh, by uh, voters in those by-elections. But there will be two more by-elections in the summer or coming up in the coming weeks, coming months. One in uh, Calgary Heritage. Well, they're um, going to
0: win that. That's
1: The yeah. Tories will win no. very easily. That yeah. I don't think there's any doubt. But the next one will be uh, Durham, where the former leader of the Conservative Party, Aaron, Uthel, Aaron O'Toole, was, uh, mm-hmm. w- 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 was the MP. He is leaving pol- politics this yeah. week. That's the end of his mandate. So Durham is... Uh, an interesting um, writing because, as you know, Mr. Uh, O'Toole made a speech last week uh, criticizing the kind of politics that people are um, uh, leading in, in the House of Commons. You know, clicks are more important than policies. Uh, um, um, making sure that you have a great statements to have more uh, likes on Facebook, for example, is more important than changing the lives of people. That's the kind of... Policy politics that he's seeing. Well, Durham is in, seen as a, in the bigger area of the GTA. Yeah. So the Tories have to conserve or have to keep that writing to be able to uh, aspire to power. And that's a critical one. What will will do in that writing? Will he stay neutral? Will he con- c- campaign for the Conservative Party or just remain above the free uh, yeah. that's a critical question for uh, pierre poliev and mr poliev should make sure that mr o'toole remains on board in a future violations in well that writing.
0: that's interesting well a couple of other points that were brought up mm-hmm. yesterday by all these analysts is that pierre poliev has a real problem with women voters like he's yeah. he's got yeah. big negatives and how are you going to bring them on side? You've got to do it for the next election. Uh, and in analyzing, there's been five by-elections since he's been leader, and their vote has basically gone down in all seats, I think, except maybe one. Um, and that he has to win forty more seats in the next election uh, to form government of, of some kind. So, um, and the other the other thing that I thought was interesting is just that. The approach they took in Portage Lisger to really, um, you know, uh, push down Maxime Bernier, that could haunt them in the next election because they ridiculed him being in a pride parade. They yep. talked about conversion therapy, that the, the main candidate who won is, is against the, the ban on it. These are things that are not going to fly in, in ridings where you're trying to win more moderate voters, right?
1: I'm sure the liberals were paying attention to that oh, uh, yeah. by-elections, and they'll have much material to work with in a future election campaign. Those statements, as you pointed rightly pointed out, will come back to haunt the Conservative Party. Now, that was the, the uh, Tories had one one goal in Portage lisgar was to reduce to uh, re- reduce Maxime Bernier to being irrelevant to voters. Right. Well, right. to do that, they went to on his territory. Yeah. and use some of the kind of policies appeal uh, to appeal to voters, well, that may be a, a, a mistake in the future in the long run because um, you need to be able to uh, conv- convince moderate voters elsewhere to support yes. you, to be able to win ridings in the GTA, for example, in the greater area of Vancouver, yeah. and in Montreal, which is going to be a very difficult task uh, for the Conservative Party. They've been... Uh they, they've had no success over the last 25 years. So that remains a big, big, big uh, um, challenge for the Conservative Party in urban centres.
0: Yeah, well, let's just end on that, because you've got your finger on the pulse more in Quebec. I mean, Pierre Poirier starts every question period in French. Stephen Harper yep. used to do the same thing. But is he resonating at all in Quebec?
1: Not much. Um, and we've seen that in the polls. You mentioned that support for the Conservative Party in the by-elections that were held went down. Well, support for the Conservative Party has been uh, trending down as well in Quebec when we see uh, federal uh, polls on federal voting intentions. So uh, clearly, Mr. Polyev has a big, big task ahead of him to try to convince Quebec voters to support his party. Can he uh, keep the kind of ten seats or nine seats that the Conservative Party has been uh, winning uh, uh, over the last few elections? I think so. But can he expand the base outside of those uh, writings? That's going to be the key challenge. And one thing they wanted to put on your radar, the Conservative Party will have its national convention in Quebec City in September. That's right. And so that would be a big test for Monsieur Poliev uh, to put forward, forward some kind of policies that could resonate in Quebec.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Joël Denis, um, we're going to be wrapping up in the next couple of days, so I may not talk to you again, but I hear you're building a cottage and you've almost
1: got the walls up. So when you get a porch, <laughs>
0: we'll go and talk politics. I'll sit on your porch.
1: Oh, you bet. That's my favorite subject, politics. So a beer and a glass of wine and politics, okay. that's the mix mix for the summer. Okay, <laughs> à bientôt. À bientôt. Thank you so much, Julie. Okay,
0: bye-bye. That's Joël Denis Bellavance, Ottawa Bureau Chief for La Presse.
1: I want to start by thanking the thousands of Canadians who came out to exercise their democratic rights in voting in the four by-elections that were held across the country last night.
0: Now, let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators, and editorialists are saying today. At cbc.ca, Aaron Weary argues this week's by-election results suggest the next federal election is up for grabs. He writes... There are a number of reasons to believe the Liberals will have a difficult time holding on to power in the next general election, but Monday's by-election suggests that the outcome of that election is far from a foregone conclusion. If anything, it was the Liberals who had the best night. The Conservatives managed to hold on to the southwestern Ontario riding of Oxford, but only just. In the last four federal elections, the Conservatives have won that riding by an average of 25 points. On Monday, the Conservative candidate won it by seven points. It is a victory that Pierre Poilievre won't be able to brag about. In the National Post, Tasha Carradine argues the by-elections highlight nasty divisions to come. She writes, Despite the lack of drama, there are some important lessons to draw from these contests. The first lesson is that when it comes to rural ridings, parachute candidates are rarely welcome. The second is that culture wars and conspiracy mongering are now a feature of federal politics. And the final takeaway is that the Prime Minister doesn't appear to be going anywhere. If he thinks he can win a culture war with Pierre Poilievre, he may relish the thought of another go-around. Based on the above, all things point to a nasty, divisive campaign, one that might not change the status quo, but will further cement division. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will deliver remarks at the Survivors' Flag Raising Ceremony for National Indigenous Peoples' Day, and to mark the summer solstice, Her Excellency, the Right Honourable Mary Simon, Governor-General of Canada, the Minister of Crown Indigenous Relations, Mark Miller, the Minister of Justice and Attorney General of Canada, David Lametti, and the Minister of Indigenous Services and Minister Responsible, for the Federal Economic Development Agency for Northern Ontario, Patty Haidu will also be in attendance. The Prime Minister will attend the National Caucus meeting and then attend question period. Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland will attend the National Caucus meeting and then in the afternoon will host a roundtable discussion with Indigenous leaders in finance, tech and energy. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will attend the NDP caucus meeting virtually before going to the opening ceremonies for National Indigenous Peoples Day in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchette will speak with the media in Ottawa. Justice Minister David Lametti, Crown Indigenous Relations Minister Mark Miller, and Minister of Northern Affairs Dan Bandel will hold a press conference related to the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples Act, Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominique LeBlanc will speak with the media after a meeting of federal, provincial, and territorial infrastructure ministers in Whistler, BC. And Governor-General Mary Simon will take part in various activities in Ottawa to mark National Indigenous Peoples Day. That's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, June 21st. Tune into to primetime politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. I'm Julie Van Dusen. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning.
1: Have a great day.